Is everybody okay? Is anyone lying about it? <laughs> Just tell the person next to you how your week has gone. Just really shortly in a word or a phrase. Just tell the person next to you how your week's gone. What sort of phrases were we getting? Not too bad? Really good? Awful? Up and down? Anyone get up and down? Is that just a Stoke word phrase? I don't know. But you know, very often we'll say, oh, how are you doing? Yeah, up and down. So, yeah, some things are good, some things are bad. A bit up and down. And I'm going to read to you a psalm. And it's, it's written by the sons of Korah, who were basically Levites who served as musicians um, in Israel a long, long time ago. And it was a traditional song, psalm that they used um, to just celebrate that they came out of exile. So that's basically what this psalm is. But this, I think, is the ultimate up and down psalm. So bear with me. As the deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. They're up, aren't they? (laughs) My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before my God? My tears have been my food day and night. Oh, they're down. (laughs) While they say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How? I would go to the throngs and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise. We're up again. (laughs) Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Anyone ever have weeks like this? You're having a good day, you're having a bad day, you're having a good hour, you're having a bad hour. It doesn't take much to swap us from having an up or a down day, does it? And it carries on. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. And this is, this is the verse I want you to hear this morning. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. And he carries on. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For he shall again, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. He's having a bit of an up and down day when he wrote this, isn't he? Let's be honest. You know, and I said to you, there was one particular verse that I wanted to focus on. And it was verse 7, deep calls to deep. And the Hebrew word for, the, for, for deep is tihom. And it basically means depth of grief, sorrow, turmoil from the outside or from the inside so if you're having an update before you got here everything I've just said you've probably gone downhill a little bit now but I apologize hopefully it'll get better so he's talking about grief and despair and awful times and difficulties anybody ever had a time like that you might be going through a time like that you might never have had a time like that come speak to me after I'd love to know how you do it 
You know, but the same word is used for deep both times. When deep calls to deep, when the depths of God calls to the depths of you, it's the same deep, which means grief, sorrow, trouble from the outside and in. How does that work? If we say God is love and God is all these things, then how does that work that God is calling from a place of grief and sorrow sorrow and despair? Just have a little think about that because I want to talk to you about something else first. I want to tell you the story of a missionary surgeon called Dr. Paul Brandt. And he started his medical career in the 1940s and he was basically a pioneering surgeon for people with leprosy. And he spent some time in India, and the story I'm going to tell you is from um, his time there. And he met a leper called Sudan, and he worked with him. And basically what they tried to do was to send people who suffered with leprosy home so that they could try and live a normal life. So they would send them home from the hospital, maybe for a weekend, so they could spend some time with family. They would give them many things to try and help them to look after themselves and to sort of protect themselves. And so... Sedan so went on one of these trial visits home. And if you're a bit squeamish, you might want to close your ears. So the first night he went home to see his family, obviously was very excited. The first night he went to bed and, and a rat nibbled on his finger. And because of his leprosy, he, he couldn't feel it. So he didn't know. So he woke in the morning, checked himself as he'd been taught by Dr. Brand. And discovered what had happened. So the next night then, whilst he was still at home, he was afraid to go to sleep. So he left his light on and he tried to stay awake because he he knew that if the rat came back or something else happened, then he wouldn't be able to feel what was happening because of the leprosy, because he had no feeling in aspects of his body. So if he stayed awake, that would be fine. So he kept his lamp on, he tried reading. Eventually he fell asleep, as you would do. But because he'd left his lamp on, he fell against the lamp with his other hand and burnt his hand quite badly. After the weekend, he went back to the hospital where Dr. Brand was. And as they met each other, they both cried. He showed him what had happened, undid his bandages. And Sedan said to Dr. Brand, I feel as if I have lost my freedom. I don't know whether any of you feel like that this morning. That you feel as if there are things that go on in your life that cause you to lose your freedom. And this is the question that Dr. Brand asked himself. How can we be free without pain? You know, we're often fearful of pain. We're often fearful of physical pain. We're often fearful of emotional or mental pain. And so we numb it down, we pretend it's not there, we ignore it. But I believe that there is a God who understands the depths, the deep depths of pain. And that he can meet us, as deep calls to deep, he can meet us in those places of pain. That there is no place that you can't escape from him. There is no depths of pain and despair that you can go to that he cannot meet you. Let me read you this quote by Dr. Brand. It says this, it should be on the screen. 
campaign serves as a vital role in protecting and uniting that corporate membership as it does in guarding the cells of my own body. Deep emotional connections link human beings as certainly as dendrites link cells in our bodies. The body poorly protects what it does not feel. And you know very often we choose not to feel. We choose not to acknowledge the pain of our past, the pain of our present, the difficulties that we feel towards our future, the things that happen to us. Yet I believe that there is a deeper place that God wants us to wander. I believe that in that place God will make our faith a stronger faith. I believe that that is where Jesus is. F.B. Meyer says this, Whatever depths there are in God, they appeal to corresponding depths in us. And whatever the depths of our sorrow, desire or necessity, there are correspondences in God from which full supplies can be obtained. Full supplies can be obtained for the depths of despair and sorrow and grief that is in you. There is full supply in God. I believe, I have experienced that I know that he will meet you in that place and supply all of your needs, supply everything you need for the grief that you feel, supply everything that you need for the despair that you may feel. And you may be sitting there thinking, I'm all right actually, I'm having an update. That's great, but remember this. Hold on to it because days do come that are not easy. And when they do come, it is good to know that deep can call to deep and that there is a God there who can hold you and who can help you. He was pierced for our transgressions. He understands. He's been there before. The first thing I want you to remember this morning is Jesus is a trailblazer. He is a trailblazer in your place of sorrow. He is a trailblazer in your grief. He is a trailblazer in your despair. He is a trailblazer when you have ill health. He is a trailblazer when you don't understand. He is a trailblazer in every circumstance and situation that you find yourself in because he walked this earth and he understands. The depths of hell and death were defeated and he reigns victorious over them. You know, we recently went on holiday to Cornwall and my dad came with us. And as a child, we used to go on holiday to Cornwall, to the same place that we went. And we probably went every year until I was about 13. So it was almost like a second home. So obviously, Paul and myself and the girls go on holiday with my dad to this same place and my dad knows it like the back of his hand and every corner man this corner this is a, this is a, this is a really bad corner oh go around there I'll tell you where that is that's over there and you can get around there to around there it's slightly annoying in a good way bless him but he knows he knows it like the back of his hand because he's been there before and he has been there many many times Jesus knows, like the back of his hand, what you are walking through, because he has walked through it. 
He has walked the way before you. He has trailblazed it. He is the best guide that you can have to take you through and see you through everything that life throws at you. Don't succumb to the darkness. Don't succumb to the grief and the despair. But go to the one who knows the way best. Jesus wants to guide you through your life, your good times and your difficult times, your relationships. My dad knew the way best to get us to places, especially when roads were closed. Sometimes the way just seems like there is no way, but there is one who knows the way and can take us through. I want to go back to Psalm 42, but I want to read it to you from Jonah chapter 2. And this is when Jonah was in the belly of the whale. God had asked him to go to Nineveh and to tell the people in Nineveh, God loves you. Jonah was like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm going to get on a boat and go the other way. So the boat had a little bit of a problem and Jonah ended up in the belly of a whale, as you do. And that's where we joined Jonah. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. Listen to verse 3. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows have passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall look again upon Yes, I shall look sorry, yes I yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me, weeds which were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish. God didn't speak to Jonah. But he spoke to the fish. He spoke to that what was holding him. We see Jesus speak to the storm. He doesn't speak to the disciples. He speaks to the storm. And the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Sounds a pleasant experience, doesn't it? It's like, I'm in a belly of a whale. It's probably better in there than being vomited out by a whale onto the beach. But who knows? Fortunately, I have not experienced that. There was trust to be found in God. And Jonah found it. You know, sometimes in them deep places, sometimes we get ourselves into them deep places, just like Jonah did. But for whatever reason that we end up there, in those deep and dark places, there is a God who can speak, 
to the storm. There is a God who can speak to the whale and he can bring change to your circumstances. And I believe it's where hope lies. You know, we'll often look for hope with positive people in self-help books. As circumstances begin to change by trying to change ourselves, But I believe where hope lies is actually in the depths. Where you feel like you're grasping at straws. I believe that hope is in those dark places, beneath the waves and the billows. When you feel lost and in despair, I believe that that is where hope is. It doesn't mean that hope stays there, but hope is that guiding light that sees you out of that place. Hope is that trailblazer that leads the way. But if hope is not in that place with you, then what hope is there? I believe sometimes God takes us to the depths of ourselves so that we can find hope itself, so that we can find God. Hope says, take the next step. Hope says, do the next right thing. Hope says, there is a way through. And I believe that God is speaking to you this morning and saying there is a way. It doesn't have to stay where you are. John Maxwell tells the story of a small town in Maine, USA. And the town was told that they were building a hydroelectric plant. And the proposal to build it would mean that they would build a dam And once the dam was built, it would mean that the whole town would be submerged. And they told the people of the town, and there was quite a while before any of this actually happened. But in the time that it took for the town to be, the people to be evacuated from that place, they still lived there. But once they knew what was going to happen, people understandably stopped making repairs. Understandably, stopped, people stopped caring for the property, they stopped caring for the roads. And the town, even before the people left, already looked like it was abandoned because nobody took care of it. And somebody spoke, I think it was a news, some news reporters went in and spoke to some of the citizens And this is what one of them said. Where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. I believe that there was faith in the future for Jonah in the belly of the whale. What a place to have faith for the future when you're being digested. But he had faith for the future because he knew a God that could change what was happening. When we find him, we find hope and we find power for change. We see Jonah go on to see a whole city saved. We find power for the present to get us through the day and we find faith for a different future. Nelson Mandela said this, may your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. Can he encourage you this morning? Look for the light in the dark places. 
Speak positively about what's going on. Believe in faith, even if you're being digested by a whale, that there is a way out. See the good in people and circumstances and believe for a different future, a different present, and that your past no longer has to hold you. You know, I believe that this morning, my sole purpose is to simply tell you that there is hope. And if it's just for one person in here, there is hope. There is hope in your marriage. There is hope for your mental health. There is hope for your finances. There is hope for your relationships. There is hope when you feel despair. There is hope for those exams that are looming. There is hope for your health. There is hope for your business. There is hope for you at work. There is hope for your children. There is hope. Tell the person next to you, there is hope. And you might not see it, and you might not feel it, and you might feel like coming and giving me a little slap. That's okay. There's still hope. There's still hope. No matter how you feel, no matter what it looks like, there's hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. There is hope. You know, and I believe that the way that we find it when we feel overwhelmed and overcome is when we meet God firsthand. When we meet God firsthand for our circumstances. When we meet God firsthand for the moment that we're in, that is how we find that hope. I want to read to you from the book of Job in the Old Testament in the Bible. And if you don't know the story of Job, Job, he had his own whale experience, really. He lost all his children, they were killed, he lost all his property, he lost all his wealth. And then he lost his health to the point where his wife, as any good wife would, went up to him and said, will you just curse God and die? That's encouraging for you, isn't it? Do you think your husband and your wife are very encouraging? Maybe they are. And you know, Job had some friends who came and sat with him, told him a load of stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, some of it helpful, most of it not. But then, despite the wonderful wisdom of his wife and the wisdom of his friends, he suddenly found God firsthand. He found that Rima word, that word for the moment that he was in, that revelation of God's bigness and the realization of his own arrogance. And the pity party that he was having. In Job 42 verses 1 to 6 in the message says this. Job answered God. Everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. 
you asked, who is this muddy in the water, ignorantly confusing the issue, second guessing my purpose? Anyone done that? <laughs> Anyone muddied the waters? Anyone second guessed the issues and trying to work it all out? I admit it. There's not many of us who would do it and say, oh, come on then, I admit it, God. <laughs> You're right. And, oh, I'm wrong. You know. And I don't. I admit it. I was the one. I babbled on about things far beyond me. Made small talk about the wonders way over my head. You told me, listen and let me do the talking. Let me ask the questions. You give the answers. I admit I once lived by rumours of you. Now, now I have it firsthand. For my own eyes and ears. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'll never do that again. I promise. I'll never again live on the crusts of hearsay. Crumbs of rumour. God this morning wants to meet you first hand. He wants to meet you firsthand in his relationship with you. And maybe you think, I don't know if I've got a relationship with God. Today is your day. Whatever reason you've walked into this room is because God wants to meet you firsthand. God wants you to know that you are loved and that he loves you. Yes, I'm talking to you. God wants to know you firsthand and he wants you to know him firsthand. Not from your parents, not from your church service experience, not from the books you've read or your favourite podcasts or that fabulous speaker you think the sun shines out of, not from any events that you go to. Not from the person sitting next to you who thinks a better Christian than you are. It's personal. And personal is personal. And God wants to meet you firsthand right here, right now. Whether it's for the first time or the upteenth time. But he wants to meet you right here and let you know that he will trailblaze in your life. That he will bring hope in your darkness. And that he loves you with such an immeasurable love. That you will just be so consumed and overwhelmed that your life will never be the same again. And you may be sitting there thinking, my life's never been the same again before. It's never going to be the same again, again. Again, again. God wants to meet you firsthand this morning. His deep is calling to your deep this morning. His deep is saying, let me meet you here. Let me show you how much I love you. Let me show you how much I see you. I see the pain. I see what's happened. But there's a bright future. 
and he has that for you. Let me flood you with my love, afresh and new to the depths, to the foundations of who you are. And that's what it's about this morning. That God's foundation wants to meet your foundation. That the depths of God wants to meet the depths of you and to begin to build from that place. God is in the business of deep. I want to ask you to stand. And if the band can come and join me. I believe this morning deep is calling to deep. And it's your choice if you respond. It's your choice if you allow those depths to meet you. And this morning you may not have had any sort of relationship with God to this point, but this morning he wants you to relate to him and he wants to relate to you. And all you need to say is, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for how I've lived my life, but from this point on, I want to live it with you. And if you say that in your heart this morning, come to the front and speak to us after. Speak to the person that you've come with. Because we would love to help you on that journey. So whether it's for the first time, whether it's once again, whether it's asking God to fill us to the depths of who we are, so that where there's deep darkness and despair, where there's grief, where there's sorrow, whatever is in that place, that you're just inviting him into that place to bring his hope. I believe that God wants to meet you this morning. And we're going to sing in a minute. But before we do, I'm going to pray. And I really believe that God by his spirit wants to minister to you. The team will be over on my right after and there'll be people there to pray with you if you'd like them to pray specifically. But I believe God wants to meet you where you are right now, where you're standing. And if you'd like him to, all you need to do is just stretch your hands out. Just stretch your hands out this morning. Whether that's for the first time saying, God, I want to believe in you. Or whether it's for the upteenth time saying, God, I need more of you in the depths of me. Father God, I thank you that your deep calls to our deep. God, I thank you that you don't leave us in those places. God, I pray that this morning, that by your spirit, that you would speak to some whales in this room, that there would be a releasing and a freeing of people from the depths that they found themselves in, maybe for years. God, I pray a breaking off of those things. And I pray that they would find themselves on dry ground again. God, I thank you for the hope that you bring. I thank you for the hope that is Jesus Christ. And I pray that as you work and you minister while we sing this song, God, that you would you would start something new, that you would start something fresh. God, and that you would breathe new life into dry bones.
that you would breathe new life into dark places, that as deep calls to deep, that you would surround us, that you would uphold us, and that we would see breakthrough and breakout this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen.